ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15, the big old one five. I was thinking about it. We got a lot of big ones coming up. You know, we got 20, 25. Those are big episodes coming up soon. Obviously, we don't have anything planned yet, but we'll get there. I'm sure we'll figure out something big, do like some special or something, especially for 20. I feel like that's a big number we can get to, but we're at episode 15 right now. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz, and I am as of this week, officially self-proclaiming myself as the king of DraftKings. I won $15 in a free pool recently. I've won like $40 total, and I just won $3. Technically, well, I won $3 in one box pool, then like $2 in another. I mean, the money's just coming in crazy lately, and I haven't put a single dollar into that game. And I am joined with Freshly 18 years old, Drew Skyberg, who's been joining along with the bets, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've been joining along with some of the free stuff as well, Jordan. They, I put I put the $10 in. They give me free $7 then. So I, I put me into 17 I made the bet. I take the money out. And that's how Key we codes. do it here. We, we don't bet money here at Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. We use We use our resources, and we are big brains. So that's how we do it. That's I'm yeah, yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna see me putting money into DraftKings. That's a slippery road to go down. All of a sudden yes. you put in 20 bucks and you bet it all one time and it's gone. Uh-uh. You don't be seeing me doing that. I'm not gonna be that homeless guy who lost all his money on DraftKings. So let's get back on track. We have got a lot of things to promote, and we've also got some thank yous to give, right? Our t-shirts sold way more than I expected. I didn't even know if we were gonna be able to do this or not, but I think. We we're around thirty five, right, Drew? Yeah, we're gonna we're around gonna be around thirty five, and we just really appreciate the support we've gotten. Look, we're at fifteen episodes already, and the amount of support, like on our Instagram, on our Apple reviews, it's just it's been phenomenal. And we can we cannot thank you guys enough for like the work you guys have really done with buying a t shirt, maybe liking the Instagram post, you know, anything like that really helps us out, and we all appreciate it here at Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. We also want to thank all the dads out there. Happy late Father's Day to you for the dads listening. I know mine isn't, but that's okay. I mean, it really doesn't matter. We've got some support from the older people, which we like. Speaking of support, YouTube numbers, they're up lately. However, this is a big however, 90% of people watching our YouTube videos are not subscribed. And that is not okay. We need you all if you're watching and not subscribed, or if you haven't even watched a single video, but you have a Gmail, That means you can make yourself a YouTube account. You already have one. Just go ahead, hit the subscribe button. You never have to do anything on YouTube again. The support, appreciation, like Drew said, we really appreciate it. We can use a little more on YouTube. We're stuck at 25 subscribers there. We've been there for a while. Apple Podcast, I believe we're at 27 reviews. It's either 26 or 27, so we're around there. We love those five-star reviews. If you haven't given us one, we would certainly appreciate it. And if you leave a fun little comment as well, that always helps out. And Instagram, like Drew said, we have hit 50 followers on Instagram. So I made a nice little calendar for the Summer Sports Spectacular. There is a game with a question mark because there's no way we're watching the 1965 World Series Game 7. So, Drew, I have not told you this before, but I think we should leave it up to the fans. I think we should put a poll on our Instagram so I don't, let me look what episode that is. We are on episode four, which is coming out this Wednesday. We watched Super Bowl seven. So that'll be out this Wednesday. Episode six is going to be that MLB game. So 
I say after episode five or, you know, like the week before. So we have plenty of time. We put up a poll with like three options of games we pick out and we let the fans decide. That's genius. Let's do it. And hopefully they choose a good game because we love watching some good old sports games. I mean, Super Bowl seven, you'll hear it coming up. It felt like a high school game. It wasn't the worst game. It was still close. It's not like it was a landslide or anything, but we want a good game. We'll be sure to pick out good ones, and then hopefully the fans pick the best one out of the three. So Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, you can go on there and see everything we've got coming up for the summer sports spectacular. And past few weeks, you know, I shouted out Daryl Reed, University of Alabama. He'll be playing basketball there. Ben, oh boy, I forget his last name. Ben Redman, Rudman, something like that. I'm pretty sure. UWGB guy who is at the time trials for the Olympics in swimming. New segment. I'm going to give a shout out every week. Some weeks Drew might give it out. Some weeks I might give it out. But this week, we've got a lot of high school stuff to talk about. And I thought, you know, there's one, one really good thing that happened in high school for the ships. And our shout out of the week this week goes to the ships softball team who won their first postseason game since 2008. Yikes. That is a long, long, long time since they won a game shout out to you ship softball girls that's fantastic they lost in the regional championship funny enough ships baseball and ship softball both played the same team in the regional championship like what are the odds of that that's crazy but that wraps things up shout out of the week that'll be something we'll keep moving forward so just think of that Drew. since we debuted the podcast two new segments have come in every week stats of the week and now our shout out and let's get right in the stats of the week there's a lot of them here there are a lot and let's start before game six coach bud had a one in six record in elimination games the worst in nba postseason history but drew he certainly turned that around yes he did jordan with a game six and game seven win like both both phenomenal wins for coach Budenholzer. he is now three and six so not the worst anymore so I, I will, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the worst record is, but he's not anymore. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to talking about game seven later in our weekly sports talk, but I am, was really happy with how coach bud coached those last two games. And I'm looking forward to the conference finals. I was not at all happy with the inbound plays he drew up in the final moments of game seven. I mean, we'll talk about it, but oh, those were terrible to say the least. Speaking of Jackie Bradley jr. He has the worst batting average, worst on-base percentage, and worst on-base percentage plus slugging of any qualified hitter in the majors. Like, I mean, Drew, I knew this guy was bad, right? I knew he wasn't the best hitter. We signed him for his outfield. But I did not expect this. Read some of his numbers. 155 average for Mr. Bradley Jr., a 240 OBP, 511 OPS. And Jordan, I don't know if Jacob DeGrom or Brandon Woodruff go up to the plate than him right now. And it's by a long shot. This guy's been horrible. I bashed the signing from day one. I bashed it with you on this podcast. I mean, I, lo- I love the guy's glove. Platinum platinum gold glove owner, I believe. And he's a, pheno- he's a phenomenal defender. He runs the base as well. But, boy, if you put a bat in that guy's hand, oh, he, he, he shouldn't even walk up to the plate with a bat in his hands. If he just goes up there and tries to get a walk, that's better than what he's doing right now. Yeah, pull a Jace Peterson, who basically just stands there to get walks, and you say he runs the base as well. I mean, 
We don't see him on the base as much. And his, the only reason his OPS is high is because he's hit like five home runs or six home runs or whatever. If it wasn't for those, that thing would be absolutely garbage. So those really saved him. And our next stat is a team that the Brewers are playing this week, the Arizona Diamondbacks. This was a few days ago, so I don't know if it's actually changed, but they have now lost more consecutive road games than any team in MLB history. 23 road games this team has lost. I mean, that's unprecedented bad. Like, there's bad, and then there's terrible. So we have had two bad stats back-to-back, and our next one is kind of crazy, the Yankees, who actually yesterday just pulled their third triple play of the year, which is mind-blowing with how early in the season we are, but their second triple play of the year. For those of you who aren't familiar with how you score plays in baseball, this is going to be really confusing. And even those who know how to score something, this might be confusing. That Yankees triple play, their second one of the year, was a one three six two five six double triple play. So that means, if I can try and decode this real quick, the pitcher threw it to first, right, who then threw it to the shortstop, who is probably at second base, I would have to assume. And then that shortstop threw it home to the catcher, who threw it to the third baseman, so this must have been like someone was in a pickle or something at this point. And then the third baseman threw it to the shortstop. So I don't even know how this happened or what happened here, but that is wild. Did you see this triple play? I did not, but based on how it was scored, I'm going to guess there's a little pickle involved at the end. And that's quite the triple play the Yankees turned. Like you said, they turned three already this year, I believe. Yes, three. And that, that that's... That's never happened. Like you said, that's unprecedented. That is, that's mind-boggling. That's how I put I'm, that. I'm pretty sure it ties here. Yankees tie MLB record for three triple plays in a season. So that was, yeah. So one more triple play from this team and they will have. It's generally. Yeah, it's Dude. insane. This team is unreal, those Yankees. And our next stat is in the realm of hockey. So we have some hockey playoffs going on as you guys know the lightning and islanders are doing battle second time back-to-back years they've been in this position those two teams tampa won last year obviously then won it all the islanders looking to get back one of the tickets from that game from i don't even remember what game it was two maybe game two featured the third most expensive nhl semifinal ticket since 2011 and i have a chart here because this is cool This is absolutely crazy. Top five most expensive Stanley Cup conference finals. So not even the Stanley Cup, the series before the Stanley Cup. This is the average price of a secondary market ticket. So that includes like a StubHub, SeatGeek, you know, ticket, not Ticketmaster. There's some other ones, but you know what I mean at this point. In 2015, the Rangers average price, $1,207. In 2014, the Rangers price, $954. Here's this ticket we just talked about, the 2021 Islanders, $829. In fourth place, the Vegas Golden Knights from this year at $822. And then seven years ago, the Canadians, who the Golden Knights are playing this year. In 2014, the Canadians' price was $762. Drew, I mean, I think with our anchor money from our sponsor, we could afford one of these, right? No, we cannot, Jordan. <laughs> that is a stretch by a long shot. But, I mean, 
I got to go to a hockey game sometime based on how much we talk hockey in this podcast. I really got to just immerse myself in the hockey culture, you know? I mean, so here we can start you out with a gambler's game or an admiral's game, because I don't think you're going to travel to Chicago or Minnesota or Detroit to go to an NHL game. I haven't even been to an NHL game at this point. I was supposed to last year. I was going to go to a Coyotes game when I was in Arizona, but like the week before I was supposed to go, that's when everything shut down. And I was going to be at Diamondbacks opening day too. My uncle lives down there. So, I mean, it was going to be a huge week, but all got canceled. So let's move. Our date today, June 21st, 2021. It's time for On This Day, a pretty short one. There's not a whole lot that was great this week. On this day in 1900, this second, the second half of the sentence is wild. The Dodgers score seven runs in the top of the 11th inning, and now they lead the Phillies 20 to 13, which is a football score. So in the bottom of the 11th inning, the Phillies are stalling. I don't know why or what they're doing, but the umpires decide to forfeit the game to the Dodgers. Like what, what were the Phillies doing that the umpires just said, nope, game over, we're done? I couldn't tell you, Jordan. I mean, in 1900, there must have been maybe the the manager was holding a grudge, didn't want to finish the game, and was kind of being like a sore loser. I've, I've never Possibly. seen this. I think, like, they just weren't sending batters up. Like, they were just talking or something in the dugout. I don't know. Yeah. That was crazy, crazy stuff. On this day in 1950, Joe DiMaggio gets his 2,000th hit, so good for the Mr. DiMaggio. On this day in 1986, 1985, Eisman Trophy winner Bo Jackson signs a three-year contract to play baseball with the Royals. So, Bo Jackson, you familiar with him a whole lot? I mean, what a wild ride for him. Yeah, I mean, play, being able to play football and then going to the prof- professional baseball and being that athletic freak in center field. I mean, I've seen videos of him on YouTube making these insane catches in center. At, um, I don't know if it was Coffin back then, but Kansas City Stadium. So, that was that's always good to see. Bo Jackson, what a guy, right? One of those guys pulls a Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan was actually after this, so I can't say pulls a Michael Jordan. On this day in 1988, this is fitting. The 42nd NBA championship, the Lakers beat the Pistons four games to three. If you haven't, we did a whole episode on this game. Summer Sports Spectacular. Go check it out. A good game it was. So fitting that that ended up happening on our episode 15 on the exact day that this episode is being released. On this day, 1997, the WNBA begins with the New York Liberty beating the Los Angeles Sparks. I couldn't tell you the last time I've watched a WNBA game. On this day in 2012, the NBA Finals, the Heat win their second NBA championship as they beat the Thunder 121 to 106 in game five. LeBron James, the MVP. This was like, had to be LeBron and Wade against uh, Durant and Ross, huh? Yeah. With some Bosch in there, I believe. Not sure. If oh, yeah. There. Bosch was on the Bosch Heat as well. Bosch would have been there, too. Yeah. And I, yeah, LeBron, finals MVP. Wait, like wait, wait. Said. Wasn't Ray Allen on in the Heat as well? Yeah, Ray Allen would have been there. Dang, that was a stacked sure team. That was, he was there that year. But um, like you mentioned, Katie made to the finals in that series, but he did not make it this year. No, no he did sir. not. You know what? Let's start with that, right? Let's start with the Bucks and Nets for our weekly sports talk. I watched, I think, like four of the games in this series. I mean, I watched it all when I was home and tried to check it out. Let's recap it all, right? Let's start game one. Nets win 115-107. Game two, Nets win 125-86. At this point, I was like, oh, my God, the Bucs are going to get swept. They just got embarrassed. But 
They come on their home court and win a defensive battle, 86-83. to Game four, 107-96 win. We're all tied up at two in our watch. Games five, six, and seven. This was absolutely huge. Game five was KD's performance of a lifetime. I mean, it was unreal the things this dude did in the game. Put the team on his back, 49 points, played the entire game. 48 minutes with 16 of 23 from the field, triple double, 17 boards, 10 assists. Kyrie Irving was out. James Harden played this game, though. That was one of the big things. Like he was listed as doubtful. And then all of a sudden, he was shooting around and he played 46 minutes in this game. I think it was almost an Isaiah Thomas situation. How in the Summer Sports Spectacular, we watched and like at halftime, he really cramped up and it wasn't doing well in the rest of the game. So Steve Nash just said, we're just going to keep Harden in most of the game. And that's what they did. He did not shoot well in game five, was one of 10 in that game. But as we move to game six, Bucks win 104-89 at the Pfizer Forum. And this set up game seven, Drew. Huh. This was a game of a lifetime. This game had it all, went back and forth, lead changes the whole game. There's some ties in there. And then we go down to the end of the game. Kevin Durant has a chance to win the game for the Nets, and he is two shoe sizes short of of making the Nets. Maybe even one. Punch, yeah, maybe even one from the Nets punching their ticket to the conference finals. And the Bucks kind of got lucky at the end there with, with at the end of regulation there because he could add that game winning three. However, instead goes to overtime, and then the Bucks close it out. Chris Middleton has a big shot to give them the 113-111 edge there. And then what happens is Kevin Durant gets a shot at the the other way and airballs it, comes up short. Then they have a foul with like, how many seconds was that left, Jordan? Point Point three. Point three. Brooke Lopez goes to the line, makes two free throws, and that's that's it. That's your game. 115-111 bucks. And Jordan, you want to read some stats? Yes, I will read some stats. That foul did not sit right with me at all. Like, come on. There's 0.3 seconds left in the game. All the Bucks have to do is throw the ball in. And it, what are you going to do with 0.3 seconds? If Lopez missed both of those free throws, what are the Nets supposed to do? As soon as they touch the ball, the game is over. I did not understand at all why the foul was called. And no one knew it was called. Everyone was high-fiving, giving hugs. Everyone thought the game was over. And the PA announcer all of a sudden says, no, we have a foul. The refs look at it. Sure enough, the foul was called on Harden before the ball even got inbounded. I mean, I was just, I would irate at that call at the end of the game, along with some other things. But looking at the Bucks in this game, Pat Connaughton, we have to say he had a very good game seven, nine points and four rebounds for the little guy. He really stepped up. Huge reason why the Bucks won as well. Giannis from the free throw line, he had a stretch where he made seven consecutive free throws. And Drew, I have to say, I am so sick and tired of hearing people talk about Giannis's free throw technique, talking about how long he takes, talking about how bad he is from the line. We all know he's bad. We all know he takes a long time. We all know he practices and then takes six dribbles and puts a free throw up. Like, when are we going to move past this? Yeah, I, I don't know. And like, that's the only thing they can really hate about his game. I mean, obviously threes, like, but he shot two for six tonight. But it's, it's frustrating to see that happen. And I mean, we see the Nets fans go, one, two, three. And they, all, I they actually, always. I actually liked that. I thought that was clever. I think, uh, yeah, I thought that was clever too. And they usually get to 12 before he shoots. 
but that's his routine. And like the, the dude's trying to work on his free throw game. We saw him come out of, come out during halftime, even to shoot some free free throws. Cause he really, he cares about this game. He wanted to win and he did all, he did all he could. He had a 40, 40 points, 13 boards and five assists. And he just, he played his heart out and fit. He had 50, 50 minutes, which is something you never would have seen in a, the Mike Boonholzer era because he always sat his, I guess, starters would never play full games. We saw Milton play 52 minutes as well. So I think that's that's great to see Holiday with 48 minutes. And, yeah, I, it, it was just a great game, I think, for the Bucks. And, Jordan, I got one more question for you. Oh, what boy. did you think of Mike Budenholzer's inbound play where Brooke Lopez got the ball and didn't know what he was doing with it? Okay, I was I saw some of them one on Twitter say something about this, and I responded like, I think in during the timeout, Brooke Lopez got paid by the Nets to just sit there and hold the ball because it the inbound play made no sense. Obviously, you'd want to draw it up with Giannis. There was what a second left or like one point five or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. So yeah, you they did it earlier in the game. They set up an alley oop to Giannis off the inbound, and it was absolutely perfect. All you could ask for. This situation here, balls on the baseline. Giannis is there, sets a screen, starts moving inside. It's one-on-one. There's basically no one in the lane. Everyone's face guarding their guys, trying to make sure no one gets the ball. Brooke Lopez gets it in the corner. Again, literally like three seconds tops left in this game at this point. And he just sits there and holds the ball. Like he literally crouched down and held the ball. He didn't make an effort to pass at all. I didn't understand at all what they were doing because there's no way that's what they drew up. If anything, he was supposed to kick it out to Drew Holiday would have tried to make a three-pointer but that wasn't an, even an option because Lopez just held the ball I think the play just kind of blew up or someone forgot what they were doing and Lopez got stuck with it but yeah I don't know that was the only one of the only big things I had a problem with in the game Giannis looked fatigued early in the game though like it was in the second quarter middle of it I want to say he was like running not even running he was walking back and Coach Bud called a timeout, and Middleton, who had the ball, was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And then you see Giannis there. That's a little concerning. But after the game, they asked him about it, and he's like, you just got to play our hearts out. I mean, I got a little break. I was good. Now you got to regroup because coming up, do you have anything else to say about this series, or should we say what's to come? I think you got it all. And, yeah, like what you said with Brooke Lopez, I, I, I can't really blame Coach Bud for that. I mean, Brooke Lopez is kind of just lack of quarter, like lack of what's going on on the court, court awareness. And that's what we saw. But other than that, great game, very exciting game. And we got to talk about what's coming up, like you said, because game seven for the Eastern Conference semis, what is that, that? That already happened, I believe. Yeah, it was last night at this point. Yep. We haven't seen it yet. We're recording a few hours before the and, game happens. And right now the Bucks will either be facing, well, we'll know by now, it's going to be the Hawks. Or the 76ers. Jordan, who do you want the Bucks to be playing? Well, obviously the Hawks, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the team you want. But Trey Young, he's been on fire lately. But still, I think that would be good. I think the Sixers would be a very tough series. I'm not saying it's one they couldn't win, but I'm just saying that would be tough. I know they kind of match well against that team, and they just beat the Nets in a grueling seven-game series. But you have to look at it. It wasn't a 100% Nets team. I mean, the Nets didn't have Kyrie. James Harden, sure, he stepped up in game seven. He did well. But at the end of the day, a poor game six or game five performance by Harden didn't really set the team up well. They only had two-thirds of their big three. Sixers, they're at full strength, right? There's nothing big going on there. And Embiid's got a little bit of an injury issue, but he's playing through it. So Yeah, that's what I thought. 
other than that, they're they're basically full strength. I mean, if you want to word it like that, but yeah, we'd rather have the Hawks. We get home field advantage, home court advantage, and then I just feel like the Bucks, like having Drew on Trey Young, maybe have uh, Giannis on Collins, Capella, Lopez. Like we're gonna have like Lopez could paint sit against these guys. Like a guy like Clint Capella is not gonna kill you from the three point arc. So I mean, just stuff like that. I'm I'm looking forward to the series. I I hope. I think this Bucks team beats whoever they face in the final conference finals. I think they're going they're going to the finals this year. Please give us a Bucks and Suns finals. I just watched earlier yes. at the end of game one. I love this Suns team. Devin Booker, he is an absolute star. This dude is so good and he's playing his heart out. He has to now because Chris Paul with the whole COVID thing, how he's out, which I think is completely stupid because they let LeBron James blow through all the COVID protocols. But Chris Paul, all of a sudden, he does one little thing wrong and they make him sit in game one of the finals. That doesn't sit right with me at all. And speaking of, I did just want to say one more thing. James Harden and Kevin Durant are insufferable to watch. I mean, I can't, I'm so glad the Bucks beat these guys because I can't sit through another game. I'm Kevin Durant flailing his arms after every single play yeah what is he doing and he got an and one at one point and he was still complaining to the referee about it like what are you possibly saying to the officials shut up dude shoot your free throw and move back and anytime Giannis was at the line James Harden threw his arms up in the air was so mad it takes so long like dude you're actually getting time to rest this is kind of benefiting you in a way you get to sit there for 10 seconds and do nothing it's I didn't I hated watching both of those two and I don't understand you're one of the Kevin Durant right you're like one of the top players in the league everyone was praising him for his game five about how he put the team on his back and won the game he was on fire in game five can't say enough good things about it but if you're a player like that top player in the league why must you constantly complain for a foul fight through it move on you're good to go after then if it's not called it's not called you're not going to change what the referee thinks i've never understood that from people like it just run back just please you miss a shot whatever you get hacked on the arm it's fine go back complaining to the refs not going to change anything if anything other teams are going to get a transition bucket and that's going to be the end of things for you like it makes no sense and lebron james flop king kevin durant up there with him as well james harden went to the free throw line way too much in game seven, he got every yes. single call possible. I think in the first half, he had like eight free throws already. Yep. It was just insane. And the calls were so inconsistent. And Jordan, I have some good news for you. The NBA officials are actually meeting at the end of this year, and they're revising some of the rules regarding the ways players are drawing fouls by moving vertical. We talked about this, didn't we? About vertically yeah, and like horizontally. On the, they're kind of on the pump fakes too, and yep. like how all of a sudden they just throw up a three. And we saw Harden, we saw him draw a lot of fouls on Saturday, Saturday night with by moving this horizontal thing, maybe even like going around a screen and like, and making a player get wedged in between the screen and making oh, that made fouls. me yes. so mad. What are you supposed to do? The guy is setting a screen. PJ Tucker is literally just going through the screen to get past it. And James Harden puts himself in Tucker's position and a foul is called. Kevin Durant did one too as well. Like he had the ball. I know you guys can't see us right now, but he had it. And then he just swung it to the other side and Drew's Holiday's arm got caught up in it. And that was a foul. Like, are you kidding me? Just because Kevin Durant flopped and threw the ball in the air, that's a foul. Yeah, it's certainly tough for the officials to, it's tough calls for the officials to make. And I'm, I'm hoping with some of these rule changes, we see less and less of that stuff being called because 
that a lot like that was Twitter last night complaining about calls like that, and rightfully so. I mean, it, those were calls you would not expect to see in a game seven. No, and they didn't go both ways. That was the problem. Like, I would have had no issue if they would have consistently called things or consistently not called things. But this game was almost as rigged as the Packers and Buccaneers. But we won't get into that. Packers season coming up soon. Let's stay on basketball. Let's move down. Let's move down to the high school level, something much more happy to talk about, especially for you, Drew. You're Valder's Vikings in this world, or what is it called? The basketball, Wisconsin basketball yearbook tournament is happening in Kakana. Your Valder's Vikings, talk about them. They're doing well. Jordan, I'd love to talk about them. I believe, I, I don't remember what pool they got placed in, but they're. Oh, I can tell you. Okay. They are beautiful. in. Let me scroll down. There's a lot of pools in this thing, by this the way. Like, big tournament pool. Mark Miller puts on. Yes, pool N they are in. So they're with Columbus Catholic, Green Bay West, New Lutheran, Peshtigo, Reedsville, and Valders. And I got some good news for, for these Valders Viking fans. This Valders team is coming in hot this summer and they are undefeated so far they're they're most likely going to play if they win this pool which i believe they they already did they're gonna be playing ron collie probably in the championship and they're like because you play two it's like pool k versus pool n or something and they'll be matching against ron collie if ron collie wins their pool which i'm assuming they will and i'll go over yeah i'll go over ron collie scores awesome. after you're done here and we're gonna start with the Ballers. so they played columbus catholic they won 82 to 48. Cole Hovey and Jackson Olson each had 21 for the Vikings. And we mentioned Cole already before our pot. We mentioned both those guys. If Jackson, if he's gonna play play at this level, if he's gonna make some improvements from his sophomore and even freshman year, th- this Vikings team is gonna look phenomenal. And then the next game we're gonna talk about is uh the Valders Reedsville game. Valders wins 48 to 44. Mason Myers led the Vikings in this game with 14 points, and that's that's great to see because we know Mason Myers. He's known for his, his defense, and we, he's known for his toughness on the court. And if he's able to score at this level, I mean, if the Vikings have another weapon offensively, I think that's going to be a plus for this team. And then I got two more scores. Valders 49, Green Bay NEW Lutheran 46. Cole Hovey led the Vikings with 12. And then the final one, Valders 45. Pestico 36, Brady Bodart, a senior, had 10 points to lead Valders. So I think with Brady, I, I mean, we haven't even mentioned him before, even in our Shimmick interview, I think he, he's a spot-up shooter. You know, if he could start getting that mid-range game going, maybe get some, get some driving going for his offensive game, I think he'll be a really, really good weapon for this Vikings team next year. And Jordan, what do you got for the, the yeah. Ron Colley Jets? Yeah, Valders could certainly use a few more shooters as well. That would be big. And we've got – oh, you want me to do Ron Colley first. Okay, I was going to do shifts, but we've got Ron Colley. Let's stick in the pool. Smart. I like it. Ron Colley beats Little Shoot 51-44. Obviously, Luke Poets leads the way 19 points. And then Braden Yonda has 15 for Ron Colley. So that's a big, big addition. Braden Yonda, 15 points. Luke Poets has 31 points as Ron Colley beats Southern Dorn 66-29. That one wasn't even close. Ron Colley beats Freedom 51-30, 19 points for Luke Pouts, so leading the way once again. And then they beat Appleton North. It says Appleton North 2, so I don't know if they have two teams in here. 55-33, Luke Pouts 21 points to lead Ron Colley. So Ron Colley 4-0, Valders 4-0. Going to be some good matchups in the EWC this year between those two teams if Valders 
can certainly keep this up. We will see Manitowoc Lincoln going up to D1 now here. They lost their first game to Brookfield East 66-54. Mattis Pirac 27 points leading the way. So that is Mason's brother, if you aren't aware at this point. The Ships beat Stevens Point 49-55. Close win for the Ships. Uh, Mattis had 18 points leading the way once again for this team. Then they beat Oshkosh North 46-40. Mattis had 19 points to lead the Ships. So Ships final game. They beat Grafton 64-47. 24 points and four three-pointers for Mattis Tapirak in that game. So basically wraps things up. I will say the pools for each of those teams, though, while I still have them up. Ron Colley was in pool M, which consisted of Appleton North 2, Darlington Freedom, Little Shoot, Ron Colley, and Southern Dorn. And the ships, they had their games done early. They played Friday and Saturday, so they didn't even play yesterday when some of these games are still going on at the time of our recording. Ships were in pool B. It was them, Brookfield East, Oshkosh North, and Stevens Point. So obviously they played all those teams, and that is that for the high school basketball but we've got a lot of other high school things to talk about here all good things especially to ships let's stay with them baseball won the regional championship as i said i believe they beat oshkosh west if i'm not mistaken now they play in the oshkosh north sectional and if you're listening on monday they play at 10 a.m today so an early game for the ships as that baseball team is getting going hopefully they can make it far i know they were supposed to do well last year but that never ended up happening so this is a big year for the ship's team and moving on to track and field, which I know you have something to say about Drew for Valders. Eight ship track athletes are state bound. So that will be taking place six days from now on the 26th of June in lacrosse and Drew some Valders. They're doing well as well. Yes, they are. Jordan. I got to shout out the Bucks believer. Clay Taylor made it to state. So congratulations, Clay. You worked really hard and it's great to see you made it this far. Hopefully you can bring something home at state. And then another guy, Shane Griepetrog made it to state. I believe in the 1600. Don't quote me on it, but congratulations, Shane. You know, you've been working really hard and you're going to, you'll go run somewhere D1 someday. So congratulations. Are they both juniors or is Shane younger? They are both. This is their junior season, both of them. Okay. That's what I thought. Last thing for high school before we move on. Logan Anderson and Aiden Newberg made it to the second round in state tennis. So I just thought that was nice. You know, ships are doing well here in these spring sports, which have gone way past the time of graduation. These kids are already done. Everyone's graduated and moving out soon. So good to see sports still going on and at a successful rate for these teams. Last thing I wanted to discuss before we get to our MLB real quick, just a recap of the NHL Tampa Bay Lightning. Excuse me. Just because your bracket didn't do well doesn't mean you have to diss on the one-minute segment here. Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders tied at two. I'm a big Tampa fan. I, I'm actually not a fan of the team. I just think they're going to do well this year. Tied two apiece in that series. And game four was last night of Vegas and the Canadians. This is big because the four-seed Canadians at the time of recording have a 2-1 lead over my Golden Knights. So if Vegas lost last night, they're down. 3-1, which would be huge to come back from. It's possible, certainly, but that would be very, very big. Hopefully, Vegas got the win last night, and then both of the series would be at 2-2 two and two, heading in to the week. So that wraps up that, and it is our time. Not Brewers, though, because we've got something before this. The whole sticky situation, Drew. 
no pun intended there, uh-huh. right? Obviously, it was intended. After months of speculation, the MLB laid out exactly how they plan to crack down on the, quote, sticky stuff that they believe pitchers have used to not just get better grips, but improve their spin rate and change the dynamics of their pitches. So the MLB said, if players or pitchers, I should say, are caught with this substance, it is going to be a 10-day ban with pay, with pay. What's the point? Yeah, you read that right, Jordan. It is with pay. And I think right now they're, they're trying to wheeze their way into like uh, a better way to punish players to commit this offense. And I'm not really sure with pay is going to be the right way to do it. I mean, they're, they're suspending the player for 10 days first, which I guess is a start. But like the, with, the, with the offensive crisis, it's, it's truly an offensive crisis. I mean, team batting averages, like it's an MLB league-wide average, like 236 is what I saw per last week. And that is... That is historically low, and th- this needs to be solved. And the one way Commissioner Rob Rob Manfred really wants to solve this is going to be through limiting, you know, the sticky stuff. So like sunscreen mixed with rosin, and then there's something called Spider Tack, which is actually a newer kind of substance pitchers have been using to improve their spin rate. And the pitchers are not happy, right, Jordan? Well, no, certainly not. I heard Garrett Holt, Garrett Cole, I should say, complaining about it the day after. He was just saying about how. I can't even grip the ball. I can't throw it. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, the ball's completely different. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be different if you've never used it. I mean, you see all the time, like they spin it around in their hands and they do all these things. Yeah, go under their cap as well, as Drew is pointing to. But I'm all for sticky stuff to like actually give the pitcher a grip where they can throw it. But if they're like completely manipulating it where they're using all these other substances to change things, that's when you have to draw the line because it's not fair to anyone. And that's why pitchers, you've got a guy like Jacob deGrom who has such a low ERA, Woodruff Burns, they're all doing well. I don't know who uses it and who doesn't, but Rob Manfred, one of his statements said, after an extensive process of repeated warnings without effect, gathering information from current and former players and across other sports, across this, oh, across the sport, two months of comprehensive data collection, listening to our fans and thoughtful deliberation, I've determined the new enforcement of foreign substances as needed to level the playing field. I mean, I agree. Honestly, I can't wait to see if all of a sudden pitchers do completely terrible and like they get exposed for not doing well. But it also mentions how umpires are going to have to regularly check. It says umpires will be charged with regularly inspecting pitchers, even if opposing managers don't request inspections. So MLB time and time again has said how they want games shortened. They don't want these big, long games. This is all just going to add to the time. And like, if you're a pitcher, I don't want the umpire coming up to me looking for sticky stuff. Like, what are they going to do? Pat the guy down? Yeah, Jordan, it's going to be like all the pitchers are going through the TSA security line and they're all going to have to get, they're all going to have to get checked Uh, because this is ridiculous. It's unreal. Who started this, by the way? Like, this has been going on for a long time, obviously, but this new stuff, where did that come from? Yeah. Any idea? I'm not sure where the spider tech the whole emergence of that. I mean, Trevor Bauer has been very influential on this. We've seen him talk about it in Twitter the last three, four years. He's been talking about how pitchers are using a spider attack stuff. They're using the sunscreen and rosin, which we already mixed with rosin. We've mentioned that already. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. And it's, I mean, I'm kind of glad they're starting to take initiative on, on some of this stuff, but at the same time, they're just like, now all the pitchers are just getting wiped away with it. Like they're, they can't use it anymore all at the same time. So it's going to be a tough adjustment for the pitchers. So I, I feel for them kind of, but not really. 
Oh, yeah, they went from all to nothing real quick. But, I mean, honestly, shouldn't have ever been using it in the first place. But that's up to them. Like I said, if it's some, one thing just for grip so they can actually grip the ball and make a pitch, that's fine. But once you're, like, actually changing everything, not needed at all, that's when it's gone too far. And Brewers, let's move to them. I, I'm going to be honest. I was at work on Wednesday when like that Reds game was going on. So like, I didn't actually watch the game. I had it on the computer where like you see all the balls and strikes. Other than that, I didn't watch a single Brewer game all week. And the week started off terribly, a 10 2 loss to the Reds, then a 2 1, 2 1 loss to the Reds, both on back to back days. Then they lost to the Rockies seven to three. And at this point I was like, what is going on? And they lose again, six to five. Thankfully, split the series back-to-back one-run win games but you got to look at it like this out of the seven games they played this week five of them were decided by just one run three losses six five two one and two one two wins six five seven six but this sunday game they were winning six to zero and they let the rockies get back into the game that's unacceptable but it truly is jordan and uh, like zach Aldi went in in that sixth Gave up some home runs, not good. And then luckily, luckily though, the Brewers in the ninth inning, back-to-back days, Saturday and Sunday, they they get put together some good rallies, you know, or with Willie Adamas in that go-ahead shot uh, Saturday, Saturday, and then with Daniel Vogelbach in that single to right. So that, that was a plus to get the 7-6 win on Sunday. So, look, I, I said that they should have swept the Rock. I, I said three out of four or sweep. And I said anything taking a series or splitting the series or losing the series would be a bust. And nothing, nothing went right for me in my prediction this week, did it? No, not like, well, I said five and two and they went two and five. So it's not like I did much better, but you went big bold and it did not pay off. So I now lead seven two here in the standings. Before we get to it, I don't want to forget Keston Hira down in AAA has been doing well again. There was a tweet a few days ago where he had, it says, Keston here has drilled three balls to deep right center tonight. First one caught, next one sack fly, this one double off the wall. He snapped a 12-game hit streak last night, but has reached in all 18 of his Nashville Sounds games. This took place on the 18th. So here we are again. Do you bring him up and see what he's doing? I think it's far too soon to bring him up once again. Keep him down in AAA. And this is the same thing with Godley, right? He was doing pretty darn well in AAA. They bring him up for his first appearance. It went absolutely terrible. He didn't do any better yesterday. Seems like at this point, Hira and Godley, if you want to touch on this, you can. If they're two guys who are too good for AAA, not good enough for the pros. Yeah, they're they're right in the middle right now. And it's it's so frustrating to see Keston Hira. We've mentioned it. His 2020 was, was very, very good. And just him coming 2021, hoping for, so you know, to make some progress and he just flopped and that, that was it's so frustrating with him because we bring him up he does horrible bring him down or he does phenomenal i mean he's being puts together like really really good numbers in triple a and it's just a shame that it just doesn't translate the way it should to the major league level yeah not at all i mean i we're rooting for the guy obviously every brewer fan is but hasn't been looking too well so the brewers have six games this week they get a day off on thursday two honestly easy series again here this week they play today three game series against the 20 and 52 diamondbacks 
they've won two straight, the Brewers. They play a terrible Diamondbacks team who made our stat of the week for losing on the road. That game is at home, though. It's at Chase Field, which I've been to, in Arizona. And then they get Thursday off, as I said, and they play 310, 310, and 110 against the Rockies. So all early games at American Family Field. They just went two and two with the Rockies in that four game series. Haven't played the Diamondbacks, Drew. You're coming off a terrible week for predictions. Six games this week. What are you going with? I assume you're going to pick like four and two. You, my friend, are correct. And you know why? This Arizona Diamondbacks team has lost 16 in a row, Jordan, right now. 16. Yeah, well, the Brewers don't do well against bad teams. I don't care. I'm going to say they're going to they either sweep or take two out of three from the Diamondbacks. And then they're, they're going to lose a game against the Rockies. Not sure which one. And they're going to go four and two this week. That's fair. I just, with the way they played this week, I can't go five and one. I understand the Diamondbacks are bad. I understand they just played the Rockies, but I'm going to save three and three. I mean, I'm going a 500 week, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but standing is wise. Brewers are tied with the Cubs. So, I mean, they got to keep it up. Cubs series coming up soon once again. And both those teams sitting at 40 and 32, three and a half games ahead of the Cardinals. So there is some room there. But the Brewers, they got to stay up there. They got to do well. Both Brewers, Cubs, well, actually, Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals, all five and five in their past 10. So, anything else with that? Or are you ready for some trivia? Love me some trivia. Let's go. So, I have decided next week, I'm going to lay it down right here. I'm going to announce that next week will feature trivia on episodes one through four of the Summer Sports Spectacular. I am going to quiz you on it. And it is going to be a blast. We're going to go back. I was going to do one through five because what we do is we record Summer Sports Spectacular before this, but that would spoil it because episode five wouldn't have happened yet. So we're going to do one through four next week. How's that sound? I'm kind of worried, Jordan. Kind of worried. You you should be. That might bring you down, but it's going to be fun and it's going to encourage people to check out those if they haven't already. And if they have, then they'll know they can join in. So our options for this week, the wheel is spinning. You've got video game cover athletes, MLB all-time statistics, and Drew's Choice. Wheel has not yet landed on Drew's Choice, as we are doing all-time MLB statistics. What are you thinking this week? Is that going to be good? I think think that'll be good. Okay, well, first question, right out of the gate. Who has the most home runs in MLB history? Barry Bonds. You nailed it. 762. Yeah, wow, I'm impressed with that. That's almost a bonus point. I mean, that's an easy first question. Didn't give you any options. There will be options coming up, but not this next one. It's true or false. Cy Young has 527 career wins. True. Uh-uh. False. He only has 511. Oh, so going come on. Down, I do get over 500. Well, I'm just saying it is 511 in his career. I knew that one could stump you. Next question. Post-1900, what is the most number of saves in a season? Is it 39, 51, or 62? 62 by Francisco Rodriguez. Wow, nailed it, actually. 2008, that was. K-Rod. 13 years ago. Yeah, I thought I could maybe try and throw you off, putting a real little number with the big one. That didn't work like that. Next question, true or false once again? This one's going to be tough. True or false? Ty Cobb hit over 400 
in consecutive seasons. True. It is true. The Georgia so Peach. There, he nailed it. <laughs> 420 in 1911 and 409 in the 1912. Like, that is crazy. Back then, obviously, it was a different game. But our final question. How many more home runs does Hank Aaron have than Babe Ruth? I'm going to give you options here. Is it 7, 41, or 76? 41. It is. That is a good, good week of trivia. Only going down on Cy Young. Hank Aaron has 755 home runs. Babe Ruth has 714. So you do the math there. That is... 41, a four out of five week on trivia. I don't know when the last time that is that that's happened, but that's puts you at 16 and 25. Let's Moving go. back up there. Not bad at all. I'll take it. I'll, uh, this is my category. I was feeling really good about. I got it. And I'm hoping video game cover athletes goes well too. Yes. So maybe we'll do that next week. And then the week after we'll do one through five of summer sports spectacular. But I'm not sure. I'll still figure it out. Depends what kind of mood I'm in, if I want to put the trivia together or not. So that wraps it up. I'll be at another Booyah game tonight on Monday. I love the Monday night Booyah games. Guess the attendance, Drew, last Monday when I was at the game. How many Booyah fans do you think were there? 300? 945. Wow. What a turnout for Booyah. Free hot dogs on Mondays for the first 90 minutes after gates open. I think it brings the people in. Boya had a big win last Monday. They won 6-4. They were down 2-0, start the game. Then they came back, tied it at 2. My boy, Max Wagner, he was on fire that game. Had himself a few RBIs. He's from Green Bay, so you got to root for the guy because these guys are from colleges all over the world. I mean, there's some random ones that they're from, but they play at Green Bay. Boya, tons of fun. I'll be at the game tonight, and that basically wraps things up, so... Once again, if you aren't subscribed to our YouTube, please go ahead and do that. Follow the Instagram just because we're at 50 followers. doesn't mean we have to stop. I mean, keep it up, guys. We're at 50, we're still at 50. We're going to keep moving those numbers up. Apple Podcasts, leave that five-star review. Follow us on there. T-shirt sales next week. I think we're going to shout out every single person who bought a shirt. We'll put their name on and give them an official shout-out for their support. We thank you very, very much. Maybe we'll even put your name in the description if Drew's up for it. We'll have to see about that. But basically wraps things up. I ordered the shirts today. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it all went smoothly. That's the goal. So, Drew, wrap us up. What you got to shout out? You can follow me on Instagram, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. That's my Twitter as well. Follow me there, Yes, too. yes, that is very true. I'm on the Twitter, Jordan underscore PXP. A lot of good Bucks tweets. I mean, if you want to see me, Go through a wild ride during the game. Follow me on there. We go through it all, and it's most of the time just complaining about the referees and James Harden and Kevin Durant. But, yeah, that's that episode 15. I'm surprised we made it this long, but bigger and better things from here. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, Wednesday, Summer Sports Spectacular, episode 4, Super Bowl 7. Um, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking on who the teams were. It was the Redskins and Dolphins. That's there you who it was. I will, that would have been really bad because we already watched the game and recorded it. But yeah, that'll be here this Wednesday, episode four of that. No bonus episodes planned, probably until my next UFC recap. So thank you all for listening. Episode 15 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.